This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 346 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Radio Show Scavengers. Please support our sponsors as they make the show possible. Buy Mita Equine and Equisketch. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They bring you the news through hail or high water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop calls. It's time again for Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. I'm Helena B. And I'm not. This is this is Coach Jen, and you're listening to the Stable Soup Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. I'm always so happy to have Coach Jen join me. We don't get to chat horses much anymore, so this is a pleasure. How are you? I'm doing good this morning. Springtime has arrived in Florida. How about you? Oh, springtime? What's that? <laughs> has the snow even completely melted yet? Nope. Nope. Oh. It has not. It has, has the not. ground defrosted where the snow is melted? You know, it's funny because the top, like, three inches of ground is melted into a slippery, slick slurry mush. Slippery, slick slurry. So you have but permafrost the, right now. We do have permafrost. And, yeah, there's anything that faces, anything that's hidden by, a, you know, on the north, like through the stone walls or the fences or whatever, that still has plenty of snow there. But that did not stop me from breaking out my lawn tractor yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> or the patio furniture. Oh, the patio furniture. Oh, that's funny. You're yeah, ever like, hopeful. Yeah. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care if it's 20 degrees out this morning. I'm getting out the patio table and the umbrella because that sunshine is going to be just a little too hot this afternoon. Wow. So yeah, it's, um, we're getting there. There's a lot of mud and really probably the worst part about this week and next week in, in April is going to be cleaning up all the manure that's collected under under the, the 99 under feet of snow. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Because it's, it's, it's alternating cow patties and frozen balls. Yep. And yeah, it's just yeah. a mess. So I'm, I'm out there with the wheelbarrow, my manure fork, and my metal rake, which is, I, I couldn't live without it. My metal rake. I love it. Now, do you have the dethatching rake or do you have the leaf rake? The dethatching rake. That's the skinny metal tines. It's the real hard, crunchy tines, yes. That you can No, I have that one. No, no, I have those. That's um that's not the one I'm using. I, I use the leaf rake. No, that's the leaf rake. Okay. Now you go with the metal leaf rake versus the plastic leaf rake? I use the metal leaf rake in my barnyard and I use a plastic leaf rake in my yard. Of course you do. Why do you have different rakes for different spots? It's my barnyard. I have OCD. Um, because, well, first of all, the the metal rake does a really good job of pulling up, of collecting those tiny pieces of hay and yep. broken down manure mm-hmm. without pulling all the sand. Because I have a mixture of sand and stone dust in my barnyard. Yep. So it makes those nice little grooves. It leaves most of the sand intact and helps me rake up the top layer of... Um, of gunk 
Yeah. I don't use it on manure. I just use it on, on hay and broken down. The leavings. Yes. Yes, the leavings. And then for the grass, I use the plastic ones because it's a lot lighter. And um, you can just go over – you can pick up leaves a lot faster with it. I don't need to – I'm not actually raking into the ground. So what you're saying is in the yard, you really don't care if you get every little piece. You just want to get it done fast. That's what you're saying. Yes, you're right. You're right. (laughs) Because in the barnyard, I can spend 18 hours out there just raking and making it look all pretty and tidy. Yeah. Yeah. I know. See, be honest. Free your soul, Helena. (laughs) It is such a pleasure to be out there. Um, This past week, so, you know, the show is going to air Thursday or Friday. Um, was the first time I could actually hook my hose back up, you know, the hose to the spigot in the barn. Um, I don't have to fill buckets up inside with hot water. I didn't have to break ice. Well, there's a little skim of ice this morning, but I could break it with, you know, like my finger. And when I go to sweep my barn in the afternoon, I don't need to wear gloves. So that's a really big deal. Wow. (laughs) It's really, yeah. I'm the kind of person who can go out in my barn in any kind of weather and just have a great time doing whatever you need to do out there. Stacking hay, sweeping, scrubbing buckets, doesn't matter. Just gotta but go this putter. winter, <laughs> honestly, yeah, I, I was like, I don't even want to be in my own barn. That's how miserable I am right now. I'm like, here, horses, here's your food, here's your hot water, have fun. I'm going back inside. Yeah. Now, is, is the roof line of your stable, I don't remember, is, your, is the roof line of your stable such that the snow slides off the roof and covers up the the door to the stalls. Um, you know, that's Does it interesting. Go that direction? No, because the stores the my it doesn't. Um, but what happens is it blows off, and or it blows up against the stall door, so it doesn't come from the roof. It comes from the ground because um. we have so much wind here. My stall doors, though, my Dutch doors are under an overhang, and usually they're spared the stack up of snow up yeah. against the doors. But this year, because there was so much snow and so much wind, um, I had to shovel out the doors. There was on two occasions the horses got stuck in until I was out there with a shovel. Ugh. But I have enough of a enough of a pitch to my roof where the snow doesn't hang out there. Um, and it also faces south. So that whatever sunshine, yeah, there is, it, it melts on a regular basis. And, and later on in the show, um, we will be talking about which direction is south for another reason. So just yes. wait for that, folks. <laughs> so let's let's get moving along here. We will stop talking about the weather and the fact that it's finally getting nicer and Helena will no longer have to take uh, light therapy in order to keep from going crazy. Yeah, God. I can't wait to just start talking about riding my horse instead of just feeding him that little <laughs> bugger. We have a great show talking about facing south where all the sunshine and warmth is. We have two very sunshiny and warm guests with us today. Um, we're going to be talking to Ross Petticord, who is the executive director of the Maryland Horse Industry Board. And he's going to tell us about a really cool event that um, his industry is or his organization is sponsoring. And we also have a lovely young woman named Alexis Bloomer, and she is a radio host. Real radio, not this podcasting thing. (laughs) Real radio, yep, old school radio. Um, She has a show called Alexis Bloomer Off the Record. She covers the rodeo circuit. So we're going to talk to her about what it's like to have that job, to juggle it all, and what you might do if you're interested in becoming a horsey radio show host as well. And that's what we got. Oh, and we also have 
Tack and Habit, and that's uh, I, I get to talk about my favorite little gadget around the farm. You'll have to tune in. You'll have to stick around and listen to what that is. And what else we got? I think that's, that's, that's what we've got. That's a pretty full show. That's a pretty full show. So we're going to get right to it. But first, we're going to hear from Buy Me to Equine. We all know the importance of deworming our horses, and Dr. Ellefson of Buy Me to Equine is helping us make sure we are doing it right. Listen for his four-part series the first week of every month on this very show. I just wanted to remind everyone, if you are due for deworming, why not save a few bucks on the popular Buy Me to line of wormers, including Equimax, Buy Mectin, Exodus, Exodus Multidose, and Equal. You can find coupons and special offers at buymediaequine.com, including a variety of rebate offers from cash to free ivermectin. You can also get up to $2 a dose back for Equimax. And while you're at Buy Me to Equine, get your free horse health record keeper, and you can just download it there. Plus, learn a bunch about parasites and deworming at Buy Me to, that's B-I-M-E-D-A, equine.com. We at the Horse Radio Network all use Buy Me to Dewormers because we want the best for our horses, and we know you want the best for yours, too. Buy Me to equine.com and tell them the Horse Radio Network sent you. We have with us Ross Pettacord, who is the executive director of the Maryland Horse Industry Board. And he's here to talk to us today about something that's totally cool and makes me want to get on my horse and go out and ride right now. And it's this three-week-long statewide horse scavenger hunt, which is designed to introduce people to the joy of horses. Welcome, Ross. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. We really appreciate being on your show. It's a great show. We really enjoy it. Good. Well, you know, I, I am like thinking about doing a scavenger hunt on horseback. I'm always looking to play some kind of game with my horse. He likes it too. Um, but a scavenger hunt just seems like, you know, really that low hanging fruit of things you can do with your horse to have the most fun. What is it and what's the purpose of, of this event for you? Well, it's it's actually not on a horseback. Oh. <laughs> it's it's people driving all over the state and visiting 35 different locations and doing horse challenges at horse farms and at horse tracks and breeding farms. And then they earn points and then they win horse prizes. I like this so, even better. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. So they explore and then hopefully everyone will fall in love with horses and want to get on horseback. Okay. Okay. I get it now. I get it now. This is great. So this, so this whole thing is being put on by your organization, the Maryland Horse Industry Board. And right. um, what, what area of, of Maryland is it? Well, it's um, all over the state, actually. It's, what we did last year is we realized a lot of people are interested in horses. We did some research and they didn't know where to go or what to do, uh, how to you know, get involved with horses. So we license, as part of our job, 770 riding stables and boarding stables in Maryland. These are commercial places where you can take riding lessons or board your horse. And uh, we put out a volunteer call to all of them and said, would you like to be part of what a new program called the Horse Discovery Center, where we, we you would welcome... Um, the general public to your farm, certain hours of the days, on the weekends, or whatever, and, you know, roll out the red carpet and, uh, and give them a really friendly, knowledgeable introduction to horses. So we ended up 
certifying 35 of our stables, and we call them the horse discovery centers. So to launch that network, we came up with the idea of the scavenger hunt. So um, uh, people will fan out all over the state, explore these discovery centers, which are existing horse stables, and we also put in some challenges to go to Pimlico Racetrack, home of the Preakness, Rosecroft Raceway, which is a harness racing track near Washington, D.C. It's been around 50 years and does a wonderful job. And also three uh, breeding farms, um, Windback Farm, which is the largest standard bred breeding farm um, in our state and certainly one of the largest in the country, and Maryland Farm and Country Life Farm, uh, big thoroughbred breeders that were where Cigar was fold, and also Shamrock Farm, which is in Woodbine, Maryland, and um, home of many, many great thoroughbreds. So we're mixing up the racing with the non-racing and giving people uh, wonderful springtime weather, hopefully, to explore the state of Maryland and visit our horse farms and get involved with horses, and win horse prizes. So that's the gist of it. I love the concept of the Discovery Centers. I mean, that's just absolutely brilliant. It takes the guesswork out for people who are like, well, I'm kind of curious and I have no idea where to start. They have a baseline there. I go to these centers and they've gone through a vetting, so to speak, and they right. have some, some idea of the standard they're going to find there. But yet it's a wonderful variety because not everybody wants to take a riding lesson. Not everybody wants to go watch racehorses and understand more about that industry. There's something for everyone in there. That's really fascinating. How did how did you find these 35? Did a whole bunch of different facilities apply, and you picked out ones randomly? How did that all work? Well, uh, out of our 770, 68 stables, uh, we held workshops around the state. We held five workshops in different geographic areas. Um, 68 stables came to the workshops. Uh, we had an application process, 45 applied, and then we sent a team, uh, an equine attorney who was on our board, and uh, our longtime stable inspector, and um, they visited, they logged 3,000 miles and visited these 45 stables. And the stables themselves helped come up with a criteria. Everyone has to have commercial liability insurance. It has to be airtight. They have to have written, you know, safety rules and um, lesson plans. And but most of all, they had to be willing to have a big heart and welcome people into their barns in a very friendly, welcoming way. And if they did not have what they, um, the people were looking for, they would refer them to other stables. You know, people may want to be interested in rodeo or Western riding, and this would be, an, you know, an English-based stable. So you refer them to other places. Um, it's about service above self and growing the industry. So uh, the 35 stables, a lot of them have been doing this for years and years, having school groups and Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts and 4-H clubs and pony clubs and big lesson programs. So they've been doing this work for a long time, but now we are part of a network and group that all share the same commitment. So it's really wonderful. And people, I mean, it's just thrilling to see how they're all getting along together and working together as a group. 
And this, we were a little bit afraid they might be clustered in one part of the state, but actually they're in 15 different counties. Um, <laughs> wow. Eastern Shore to Southern Maryland to the Central Maryland out to Western Maryland. And, uh, and we, eventually we hope to have one in every county of Maryland. We only have 23 counties in Maryland. <laughs> so we're, we're in 15 counties now, so we hope to get the other eight counties on board. And... Uh, a lot of interest in this. So there's the. I think the phrase that kind of sums up the entire effort is service above self, which um, is is key to recruiting future horse lovers and enthusiasts, you know, to our our cause. And it's 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 a great big PR move, which is beautiful. It's it's a friendly, welcoming PR move. Um, I, I just think it's beautifully designed. It, it, it's fabulous. Um, so we have this great strategy. We've got this great plan. We've got um, the infrastructure to support it, to make it work. But then what it boils down to is one heck of a good time in April. So we've got the scavenger hunt. Tell us about the kinds of challenges that the players might have to, that they'll encounter when they compete. Sure. They're, they're, they're simple. There are two challenges at each place. You sign up on a central website, which GEAR tracks and gives you a passcode, and they tally the points. We contracted with a company to do this. And um, then you go out and you, you get your challenges and the locations. And each location has two challenges. And one is to take a selfie in front of the farm sign or with the farm owner. Um, and then you get to post that. Uh, you can do that on Instagram. You can do that on this website. Um, there, and... Then you do one other simple challenge, which is like put a halter on a horse, muck a stall, pick a horse's hoof, something like that at the racetrack. They'll be going to the finish line of the Preakness and then and taking a picture and a selfie. And then they'll be taking a stable tour of one of the top trainers' barns. So it's really uh, wonderful to get people involved. And then... Each location will give that person a takeaway, like a, a free riding lesson or a discount coupon, so they have a reason to come back and get involved in horses. And uh, then who wins the most prizes? We have over 130 prizes, and they're all horse-related. Uh, they're tickets to horse events, tailgates to steeplechases, overnight stays around the state at hotels that are owned by our horse people and horse enthusiasts. Um, uh, private tours of farms and the Fair Hill Training Center, the world-famous art collection, the Woodward Collection, and the Baltimore Museum of Art of Equestrian Art. Just a whole mixture of things. We have 35 different horse disciplines in Maryland, from horse racing to trail riding to jousting to fox hunting, uh, hunter-jumper, rodeo. We now have a high school rodeo group of teams. We have about 15 high schools that have rodeo teams. So it's really quite wonderful. A whole big diversity. And all of these horse discovery centers are completely different. So it's a different one specializes in Civil War reenactors. And <laughs> so you get a different experience all over different parts of the state. You know, with uh, one of our guests today, we're going to chit chat a little bit about how different people find their niche in the horse industry professionally? How can you take a horse-crazy person and figure out a way to take that passion and earn a living at it? 
some, and it's not always by riding or training. This is really cool because people who think they might be interested in horses can can take part in this little contest and discover what it is about horses that's gonna gonna inspire them. Sometimes it might be something that wow, I really enjoy reenactment, and I can involve horses in reenactment, or wow, I love the thrill and the adrenaline rush of jousting. I can enjoy that. Or, wow, I really enjoy following racehorses and becoming a fan and enjoying those the social media aspect of horse racing, and I can take in that. So it's a really cool and interesting way to come at it because the horse can have so many different, you can have so many different ways that you interact with it and become a part of the industry. That You've done a great job with that. Yeah, yeah. It's really great because horses as you well know, really enrich people's lives. It gets them outdoors. It's a healthy activity. It's family-friendly. It's just we have several places, you know, that already have one place gives 25,000 pony rides a year. Another is a rescue, um, and that's a petting farm, which is one of our uh, licensed stable operators and is a horse discovery center. She has horse exhibits. And then we have a rescue that has 1,200 volunteers and has about 50,000 visitors a year. They're open daily for tours. And a lot of people, too, also just love being around horses, and they like petting them. And there are a lot of volunteer activities, you know, with three-day eventing, being fence judges or scribes at dressage shows, or everyone needs volunteers to put on all these competitions. So there's lots of ways for people to be involved in horses if they don't want to ride. Mm. And, and uh, of course, a lot of people will want to ride. And then, you know, we have all these different types of activities that, as you said, they can find their niche and what they really enjoy doing. So, um, yeah, we're, we're really excited about this. Our stable owners are excited and, uh, um, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> well, we're excited for you. Where can people find out more information if they're interested in attending or they just want to know more about your program? Where can we send them? Our website, which is um, MDA, and that stands for Maryland Department of Agriculture. We're a program within the Maryland Department of Agriculture. So it's mda.maryland.gov, G-O-V, slash horseboard. Or you can just Google... Maryland Horse Industry Board, and that will take you to the site. Um, now you can also on Saturday go to the Horse Chase website, www.maryland spelled out horsechase.com, and that's where you can register. So I, for one, wish that I lived in Maryland. <laughs> Isn't right that now? the great? That is a a monumental project when you look into what all they're doing there. That is a monumental project. And I really hope it goes well, not just for them, but because then maybe we can start to export this to other places, even if it's not quite as large as statewide, but, you know, countywide do something like that. You know, that's right. just really cool. It would make a great template for other states and, yes. um, and you know, go a long way in land conservation because the more people you get involved with horses, I think the more... You um, betcha. You know, we just need to get our we need to get our juice out there to everybody. That's right. You're yeah. going to get more soccer fields because lots of people use soccer fields. You're going to get more riding areas when more people use riding areas. That's right. 
All right. Um, we have next? next. What's next? Well, What's next? we're going to hear from one of our sponsors today, the good folks at Equisketch, who just happened to have designed the Horse Radio Network app available for your iPhone or Android. Download it today. It's quick, it's free, it's easy, and you can have all of your favorite shows with you wherever you go. And then we're going to be talking to Alexis Fluor. Glenda Geek here. The life of horse person is hard enough, and we all hate doing the required paperwork, and unfortunately, many of us never get around to it, and it just piles up on our desk. That is about to change thanks to the Equisketch Records app for your iPhone or iPad. My wife and I use it to track our horses, and we absolutely love this thing. Equisketch Records is the most thorough and complete equestrian records app on the market today. We love this app because you can track your farrier work, your dental, your Coggins, medicines, worming, and so much more. And you can get reminders on your device when all of these things are due. You'll never forget a worming or shots or farrier visit again. But it not only tracks your horse, you can also manage your horse shows, including individual events. You can manage riders, including lessons and memberships and so much more. And you can sync it between your iPhone and your iPad, and all of this for the price of a couple of cups of coffee from Starbucks. Search for Equisketch Records in the iOS App Store or go to Equisketch.com. That's E-Q-U-I-S-K-E-T-C-H.com. Equisketch.com. Well, welcome, Alexis, to the Stable Scoop Radio Show. I'm excited to learn about you and this wonderful job that you have as a radio host. Well, thank you. And I'm glad to be here. So I'm just going to get right to the chase. Well, what kind of radio show do you host and how the heck did you land that job? You know, it's a funny story. When I was 19 years old, I got a stage show at the National Finals Rodeo called Alexis Bloomer Live. And um, actually, a man came up to me afterwards and handed me this card and said, think of a name for your radio show. And I was like, what? I was shocked because I, of course, was 19 years old, still in college, and some man the business suit came up. Later, it's also become my boss, Brandy Bernard. And um, ever since then, I came to Nashville that summer when I was 20, and it just kind of took off from there. And now I have a radio show on Sirius XM called Alexis Bloomer Off the Record. And the show was really designed to help rodeo fans get to know the athletes without, I guess, outside of the arena. So a lot of times we hear the times and their scores, and we don't really get to know them as people. And in reality, they are other, just like us. They're people. So anyways, I designed this show to kind of talk about adversity or things they go through, but still, in the end, they become a champion. So sorry, we're driving in the car, and I'm like, it's super bumpy. Sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, That's okay. But, um, Anyway, so it just kind of took off from there, and it was insane. I it's kind of taken off, and now all these people now listen to it, and it's more of a show that's designed to help the viewers get to know the Cowboys. And I don't even have Cowboys only. I bring on people that are maybe singers or athletes that have some way tied back to the rodeo industry because I want to show that we're a very evolved industry and that we have a lot of experience with people outside the industry as well. So it's not just about Cowboys and horses. No, it's actually not. It's funny. I always start the show off telling like a life story or how it could relate to you and how it could turn back. And this week I actually talked about my show, an Easter egg hunt, and they told me that if I found the biggest Easter egg, I'd find the grand prize. So I skipped all the small Easter eggs and went and looked for the big one. And I'm like, and try telling people, you know, in life, you have to take risks and maybe just go for the big Easter egg instead of 
So it's like all about like learning life lessons and just how, what I've learned throughout the days. And I'm still in college too. So I get to tell a lot of stories about that. And it's really cool because my listeners have been with me since my sophomore year of college. And now I'm about to graduate from Sam Houston State. And they're going to be with me when I graduate as well. So it's pretty exciting. So, Alexis, have you always had aspirations to be in the broadcasting or entertainment industry? Or is this something that um, kind of fell on your lap and you said, oh, gosh, I'm good at it? Well, it's funny because when I was, I guess, um, my mom said that when I was a little girl at the National Finals, I would walk around with a hairbrush and try to interview people. And I thought it was so funny because I love to get to know people. And I've always been outgoing and that person that will just go into a crowd and start talking to everybody about anything. So I've always been that girl. But um, I guess when I was in third grade, I got season of the week. They asked me what I want to be one day, and I wrote famous. And so ever since I've been little, I've always wanted to do this. So there's never been any other plan. I just knew that I was meant to talk because I talk a lot. <laughs> we can relate to that. Yeah, there we go. We so, can relate to that. So you've <laughs> always wanted to be behind the microphone in some way, shape, or form. Did you do any... Um, work professionally before you did your radio show? Did you do any announcing at rodeos or sing the national anthem or anything like that? Oh, I did not sing. I think that would just be awful for y'all. I would never, ever do that to anyone. <laughs> I could not sing the worth a lick, but I, um, it's funny. I actually started writing. That's how I started my whole journalism career. I was writing for Rodeo News Magazine when I was 16, and they hired me as a feature writer for the Roper Review. And it kind of took off, and she thought that I had an interesting flair. She's like, the way you write is so funny because you tell personal stories about these guys that no one knows. So I actually became the – She, I had a few cover stories, and that's how I landed the shot of the stage show. So it's all kind of fallen into place. I think God knew that I was supposed to be talking some way, shape, or form. So I did start off with interviews, but nothing, I guess. I never really – I didn't pick up a microphone until I was – oh, man, how old was I? I guess 17. 17 or so so it's never like it's been in some shape or form i wanted to be in the media industry so what is a day in the life of alexis bloomer like how does it you've got a lot of balls in the air you're juggling a lot of things that's wait hold on cut that's way back there jen a day in the life i think we're talking Um, about horses and let's go back to the horse you're right you're right right, yep let's go back to the horse question ready three two one. So, um, what's your involvement with horses? Um, did you grow up riding? Do you get to ride now? What, what's your involvement with the rodeo and all that? Well, it's funny, actually, my family, we're very involved in the horse industry. My dad has showed horses for years and he used to team rope and my little brother team ropes for high school rodeo. And so I've always been enamored with the lifestyle, the rodeo lifestyle, and even the horse lifestyle and how a different horses work with different events, whether it be someone cutting or someone sea roping. I think it's so neat to see how the horse shapes and forms to that event. I've always been enamored with how they work. And I used to show, actually, for I did show for a few years, and I loved it, but also I was trying to be really involved in high school and stuff like that. So I decided, okay, well, I'm going to cheer in college. That's what I'm going to try to go do. So I became a cheerleader, obviously. The talking helped out. But um, I became a cheerleader, and I really took off with that. So I kind of put my horse lifestyle on hold for a little while, and it's weird because when I got to college, I got really involved with the Sam Houston State Rodeo team, and that's when it all kind of took over for me again. And it's weird because now I can still go around horses, and it's literally it's so comforting to me because a horse, you know, when you're around it, obviously, everything kind of just goes away because it's just you and the animal. And I love that aspect of it, and I'm still very involved with the horse industry, but I don't own any horses right now. 
And um, it's really been weird. Our family, we've been so involved for so long that for the first time in our life, we don't have any horses. And we're like, my mom the other day was like, it's so weird not having to go feed. I'm like, I know, it's so <laughs> odd because I'm so used to having to go feed at like the crack of dawn before school or do something. So it's been a weird break. And I, I we actually miss it. But I'm actually really interested in getting saddle bronc horses, which I think is kind of crazy. People are like, what? <laughs> Huh. Okay. I can understand right. why they would say that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, Alexis, uh, we ask this question of all of our hosts every year when we do our annual host get-together show. You've been doing your show on Sirius Radio for a year or so now? Uh, about two years. Oh, about two years. So you've been doing this for a little while. If you could have any guest you wanted, interview anybody you wanted, past, present, doesn't matter, who would it be? Oh my gosh. You know, um, God, there's like a, probably a tie. It's really hard for me to say which one I would want to do. Probably I would love to interview John Wayne. And it's hard because this past summer I interviewed our interns in New York with Mr. Rather, Dan Rather. So I was up there with him all summer and he's talking about people he's interviewed. And I was so jealous. So I was like, God, I had the opportunity (laughs) to sit down with the Dalai Lama and talk. I was, it was, Incredible, but I mean, I'm very interested in John Wayne's lifestyle. I'm good friends with his family, and then I guess the other person would probably be Mother Teresa, just because really? I don't. I'm I am just so enamored with her and how she literally is so selfless and put everyone before herself, and it was all just an act of love. And to me, that's really powerful because she didn't care who you were, where you came from, and that's how I am. When I'm doing interviews, I don't care who you are, where you started. I like to see where you're going to finish, and that's kind of why I'm very enamored with her too because I'm my dad came from nothing and I'm just so I think that story is so cool that someone can overcome that and there's so much of that that happens in the western industry in the horse industry that people don't know about so that's really why I wanted to become a journalist is because of people like her who put everything on the line it wasn't about them it was about getting stories out and doing good for other people so so, I'd probably say Mother Teresa two two very different people but I can totally get why you want to interview them both so final question dun 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 for for horse crazy (laughs) for horse crazy people not necessarily youngsters because there's a lot of people who are looking into their second careers at this point if you're horse crazy and you think it would be intriguing to get behind a microphone for a living what would you say should be someone's first step What, what should they do first and foremost well, I'm by no means an expert. I'm still learning every single day. And I think that um, that's the thing. you got to be willing to learn. And I, the first step I would probably take is, okay, for me, being a good journalist means that you know how to write as well. And so the best thing that ever happened to me was when Siri Stevens hired me for Rodeo News Magazine. And I had the opportunity to learn to write because that's when I really got out there as a journalist. And it really made me learn how to sit down one-on-one and convey what I want them to, what to, what I want to know about them. So I mean, I think you have to learn to write good first. That's what every good journalist knows how to do. And another thing I would say is this is really weird, but I can sit in my car and talk by myself for at least fifteen minutes about a topic, and I don't need anyone to go back and forth. So that is the number one thing I think that someone needs to learn. If you know how to ad you will kick butt at anything. <laughs> and so that being my own radio show now on Sirius XM, the first segment of my show is me just by myself for 10 minutes talking. And I have no one laughing at my jokes. I have no one doing anything. So you really got to learn how to have inflections, stuff like that. So being on radio has been a huge opportunity for me. I want to eventually go to TV, obviously, but I know now that if I'm in a situation, I can carry on something. 
and you just, it's really crazy. I think as a journalist, you really just got to put yourself out there and you are going to be humbled at times. I've been humbled several times or you're going to get a fact wrong and you just got to be willing to make mistakes because all the great journalists, I think Mr. Rather learning from him this summer, he said the best thing you can learn how to do is ad lib. So, I mean, look at y'all. Y'all are both so great at bantering back and forth with each other. You have a great persona. And it's just because you like to talk and you like to get to know people. And I think that's definitely, if you want to go into this field, just be curious. And don't let anyone tell you that you can't be curious because there's going to be people trying to shut you down. But the whole time, you just got to be motivated and want to know more and more and more because that's what all the great journalists do. This is fabulous advice. I, you know, you say you're, you're by no means an expert, but I would say that you are well on your way to being an expert. Thank and you. you know, it's just it's it's a, you have an authentic energy about you. That's what you bring to, um, I think, to this industry. What I would really love for you to do is tell everybody where they can find your show because I know that our listeners are going to be want to come are going to want to become your listeners as well. So let us know how they can find you. Oh, thanks. If you want to um, listen to my radio show, Alexis Bloomer Off the Record, it's a weekend show. Everyone's favorite weekend show is what I like to say. And you can listen on Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. And it's on Saturday at noon and Sunday at 6 p.m. Um, that is Central Time. I get a little confused with my time zones, but that is Central Time. And this week, we actually have Drew Horner coming on and Joe Frost, two guys that won last week. There's just a lot of exciting shows, and you never know what you're going to hear or who's going to come on the show. So. So and that's Alexis. Oh, oh you have more. You have more. What's the other one? Yeah, and then you can follow my YouTube channel. I have a lot of cool things I post up there, like funny things and stuff in the road that I might do. So if you're interested in that, you can watch that too. Okay, so that's Alexis Bloomer off the record. We will post links on the Stable Scoop radio show website, so it's a little bit easier for you to find her. Um, but again, it's Alexis Bloomer off the record, and she's on Rural Radio. Thank you very much, Alexis, for joining us today. Of course, and thank you all for the opportunity. Y'all were great. Tech and Habits segment is sponsored by Flirting with the World, a life and style guide for today's wise and whimsical feminine spirit. You can check us out online at flirtingwiththeworld.com. Today's product is something that I own and love and own and love some more and would buy again if the apocalypse comp. <laughs> In the event of the pony apocalypse and you require a new fence charger, you will go back for this. Add that to the blooper reel. We're going to leave this in. If, yes, the pony apocalypse, because there was one, and it was called Winter in New England. (laughs) And it survived the pony apocalypse. It did survive the pony apocalypse, although I am fully prepared to buy a new one. I have two. Um, The particular model, first of all, it's the Zariba Solar Fence Charger. Um, It's a solar-powered charger that you can sit on a it sits on either a fence post or a T post and of course the sun powers the sun charges the battery so all these solar power chargers actually have a battery in it it just instead of plugging it into your electricity source at the barn or the house the sun is obviously the the energy source um and it holds a charge fairly well um i can tell you this because we've had you know 3 4 10 days straight of no sunshine, and my fence is ticking away just nicely. Really? Yes. Yes. It holds its charge very well. 
Not only, now my charger, here's what's very interesting is my charger sat under, I don't know, five, six feet of snow for the better part of nine weeks. <gasps> uh-huh. And I just took it off the fence today. I was moving it from one field to another. I'm opening up a field in the back of our property. And that that son of a gun was going and I said, this thing's really odd. Like, it's got juice. It's got juice. And it, it had been disconnected. It had been frozen. It had gone down to negative 31 degrees. It's gone up to 50 degrees. It's three years old, four years old. Um, and it's still ticking. Huh. Now, I'm curious. This one, um, I've had solar chargers before. But the last mm-hmm. time I had a solar fence charger was easily 20 years ago. And it was a little bit unsatisfactory in that it didn't take much to run the battery out. One cloudy day did it. And then when the battery, in, in, then even in sunshine, it, it, had, it didn't take much to ground it out. If there were three blades of grass on the fence, the fence didn't work. So obviously the technology has improved. But it yes. has, there's a 360 degree rotation allows charger to rotate on. Now it doesn't move itself. It doesn't follow the sunshine around like a sunflower, does it? No, it it, okay. it doesn't. It's it's static and okay. it just sits in one spot. But the um the solar panels are wide enough where it actually catches plenty of sun and it also depends on how you position it along your fence line. You know, you don't want to face it north so that it only gets, you know, a certain uh, amount of sun. So I suspect knowing which direction is west is important or south. Uh, I guess south would be good because then you get morning to night. South is good. I actually um face mine yeah, that would be great. Um, mine faces east uh, because that's where I get – because my field also has woods on it. So if I faced it south, it wouldn't get much sunlight from the west anyway because the trees would be in the way. So I face mine due east and then it gets the most powerful um, sun, you know, from 8, 7, 8 in the morning until probably 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And that seems to be okay for it. But again, you just want to position it where you know it's going to get the most sunlight for the longest period of time. Um, but you don't have to go crazy figuring that out. It holds its charge fairly well. Now, the one – they come in different – I have the Zariba brand. Um, they come in different distances and, you know, how much actual linear footage of fencing that you have. So there's – the one I have is a three-mile charger. Um, but they go all the way up to 30 miles. And, uh, you know, so the three-mile charger and it runs about, you know, 110 to $125 – where a 30-mile charger can go maybe $350. That's for those big ranches out in Colorado. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's real land, you know. I got like two acres, and I think that's like, I call yeah. that a pasture. Yeah, nobody know? in New England needs that. No, 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 no. no. So, you know, a three- or, or five-mile charger. Now, one of the things that I've I learned a lot just by reading my user's guide um, is that they do have, it's called low-impedance now, that sounds all like cool and, and interesting and stuff, but um, it just means that y- you really can't have a lot of things hitting the hot tape. It, yes. It's going to interrupt the charge. So the higher your voltage, so the, the, the lower the impedance, really the lower the voltage, and it goes from 4, 6, 12 volts. Um, mine can withstand some weeds and leaves brushing on the fence. It doesn't interrupt the charge. Mm-hmm. But if you have, you know, a bush or a branch or 
let's say a riding glove, (laughs) (laughs) it's going to interrupt the electrical circuit and therefore disrupt the charge. And your horse is going to hit it and nothing's going to happen. So you do kind of need to keep the fence line clear. You know, big deal. So you go out there a couple of, every couple of weeks and you weed whack or you trim things back from it. That's in general, a good idea for any fence that you have. Definitely. And the type of tape or wire that you use will have an effect on that because if you use a tape or, or what they call electric rope, different ropes have different abilities to transmit that power so that the horse touches it. So if you have tape that has 12 strands of aluminum wire versus tape that has 24 strands of aluminum wire, that 24, a piece of grass is more likely to hit one of those 24 than one of the 12. Right. right. Those makes little sense. filaments that those are in there. Those little filaments yeah. that are in there. So that makes a difference. And I've been surfing around here on ZaribaSystems.com, and I discovered that the 360-degree um, rotation means that the little piece where you slide it on top of your T-post is designed oh. so that it can face any direction. Because when you when you put in your T-posts, the yes. bumps on the T-posts always face the same direction, in or out. Yes. But yes. that might not be the way your fence charger needs to face. So they've designed it so it can go any direction on there. Very clever thinking, guys. Yes, yes. So you And you just slide it right over the top of the, yeah. the T-post. It just, it's like, a, it slides right in. It's so easy. I mean, I cannot, I, I'm, I'm an absolute klutz, an accident waiting to happen on two feet. So the fact that I could set this thing up by myself is a big deal. Yeah, I really like it. It has a nice, easy to use handle on the top for moving it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that. It's got the yep. little blinky light so you can see that it's working. Yep. Tick, 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 and it tick, tick, ticks, ticks, ticks. Yeah, ticks. I like that a lot. Uh, fence okay light. And that and that's that's better than just the tick, tick, because the tick, tick can be happening, but your fence isn't getting any juice. Correct. But if the little light is there, then you know for sure. I like it. Right. Then and you where, know for where sure can people that's... find a Zariba solar charger? Uh, well, you can go to zaribasystems.com and that's a great resource for learning all about what kind of solar charger you might need and what applications each of the chargers is good for, meaning, you know, right. a, a one acre paddock or a 10 acre paddock. Um, but they're also carried by like tractor supply and even some home depots. Um, but if you just do a Google search on Zariba fence chargers, you'll find all the places that carry them and you can look for the best deal. Your favorite retailer will have it. Yes. Your favorite retailer, yes, is yes. likely to have it. All right. The Zariba Solar Fence Charger, recommended by the Klutz here at the Horse Radio <laughs> Network. Thank you very much. <laughs> Another great show with my good friend, Coach Jen. Thanks Woo. for coming on board today. It was a lot of fun chit-chatting. And, and honest, things are going to keep getting warmer. And before you know it, we will be, dis- be discussing the drought and how Brody's shoes are falling off. <laughs> I know. Right around the corner. And the bugs, the fly situation. See, that's the problem with Yankee life. There's just always something to complain about. I, I, you know what? Just find me a lot down there in Florida, will you? I'm coming. I'm telling you, I'm coming. There's a couple of them come up for sale right here in our little neighborhood. Me and like 750,000 other people from New England. Right. Well, what I'm going to do is, um, we keep getting hate mail from our fellow O'Callans who listen to the shows and say, they keep saying, stop telling people that. Oh <laughs> we don't God. want too many people. So I will send you a, uh, a PM with okay. the latest and greatest on the listings. That, that's okay. not for public consumption. <laughs> okay. I just, it just has to be within 45 minutes of the ocean. Can't be any further than that. Oh, that just makes it tougher. Although New Smyrna Beach has mm-hmm. a lovely 
equestrian community. Which New Smyrna you, is that the East Coast or West Coast? Moose, New Smyrna Beach. Let me think about this. Look at the map. That's East Coast. It's right? Oceanside, not not Gulf Side. Not Gulf Side. Okay. It's Oceanside. It has a nice equestrian community. It does. There's there is a thriving equestrian culture in New Smyrna Beach. Yes. That's, Have you been there? Oh yes, we go over to New Smyrna Beach because my dad owns a timeshare there. Oh. And a little bit further inland, not literally on the beach. Uh, Sean Patrick, who was one of the wild card competitors for this year's Road to the Horse, yes, lovely fellow who's originally from Canada. Uh, he he is he is based there as well as a, a large number of other equestrians of note. I'm going. See, I'm going. See, New Smyrna That's Beach. Check it. into it. Google and then it. and then it's it's you could do a drive from East Coast to West Coast, right? Like if we wanted to go see Wendy or something. Oh gosh, yeah. New Smyrna Beach for us is like two and two hours away. Oh, perfect! It's, okay, yeah, it's it's I'll really easy to get excited. to, and it's it's not quite so expensive as further south. It's still far enough north that into winter time it gets quote cold, C- colder. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and it's true. A lot of people go south, south, and and I like the sort of understated, um, more northern parts of Florida. It's it's a little bit more year round. I would say a little bit more redneck up here. A little, yeah, I like redneck. Yeah. New Smyrna yeah. Beach is almost directly east of us it's not much further south okay so the the uh, it doesn't get super hot in the summer so you can stay there year-round and not have to worry about sweltering um you know and basting okay. yeah yeah but hey just as long as there's salt water I, I, I need like salt water for my horse's hooves there you go <laughs> <laughs> well thank you to everybody for joining us today on stable scoop i hope you enjoyed the show um, be sure to visit all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network. Our website can be found at horseradionetwork.com. And if you want details about today's show, go to stablescoop.com and we will post links to all the interesting things that our guests talked about. We do love your feedback. So if you want to find us on Facebook, send us emails, just pick your tech and let us have it because we love it. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, website, you name it. You name it. We, um, love, we, love, we love your feedback because that's how we know what you love to hear and what you don't. And many thanks to today's sponsors, Equisketch Records app, and Bymeda Equine Dewormers at Bymeda.com. Thank you. Thank you. And that is it for this week. It's plenty Man, Jen, we really filled the show. We, we really filled the show. <laughs> well, we have the gift of gab, like Alexis said. We can gab. We do. We do. We're in the right industry. Um, but so that's plenty. Of course, we will have more next week. Until then, happy scooping. Happy scooping.